I need to know everything Who in the what and the where I need everything Trust me, I hear what you're saying But I like it's new what you're telling me I'm curious, George, I hop in the Porsche Five and a horse, I'm ready for All right, what is up, ladies and gentlemen Fernando Petty here with UVO Group Right here in the UVO podcast studio Slash my office, slash Daniel's office <laughs> Here we go again. Here we go again. Here we go. Uh, I'm joined by Alan Kantarevich, co-host UVO podcast, right here. Alan, thank you for being here. Pleasure. Today we have a special guest, the one uh, and only rock star agent Kelly Fisher. What's your middle name, Kelly? Scott. Kelly Scott Fisher. That's appropriate. It's a good name. A little side note: there was a black lady that I met like 15, 20 years ago, just house party, right? Yeah. She looked at me. She's like. I don't like that name. I'm going to give you a new name. She came back. She's like, your name's Jeff. I was like. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Scott. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, why? Okay. <laughs> hey, but no, it's good to have you here, right? Yeah. Uh, funny story, Alan, you weren't here, but a minute ago, Kelly was like, uh, what are we going to talk about? Uh, I don't know if I want to talk about my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Everybody's yeah. the same way when they get in the podcast. They always think that. We're going to say something that's going to damage their career, which is, dude, everyone's human. We all have a past. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, right. But yours is, your career is doing really well right now. It you're, is. You're killing it, man. You've really adjusted to uh, the style of, I guess, prospecting and marketing and advertising and branding. That higher level at the end of the day. It is. It yeah. Is. Yeah. So, which is what I wanted. That's, that's what I wanted to do yeah. the past six months. Good. Since coming over here. Yeah. Is, yeah. That's why I came over here. I wanted to level up. So... Yeah, and you good. are, and you are. That's good, indeed. So I want to get you on because number, one, and I know you're busy. So I'm really happy you came. Right, thanks for thanks for doing this. Um, uh, but you are extremely busy right now. I mean, to the point where we don't even see you anymore. I mean, besides the fact that we got another office and you're over there, right? But uh, and when I come over to collect my checks, no, there you go. Yeah, no, he's, <laughs> he's doing good. He's killing it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let, let's uh, let's talk about you a little bit, man, because uh, we. Go back, I'd say, what, a little over a year? We, we met Kelly at the other building at the C21 office. Yeah, about a year and a half ago, roughly. A year and a half, when I started my career, right? Yeah. Because yeah. I started that August, um, August 2019, and that's basically when I met you guys. Yeah. yeah. I started that month. His birthday is the same week as mine, and I remember being in Morning Ascent, C21, and I was telling him the other day, one thing that stuck in my head was his birthday. He said, I got three closings. I was like, wow, I want to do that. I want three closings. I, like, at that point, I had nothing. I was like, I want one. Can I Let me get yeah. one closing, let alone three in a day on your birthday. So, yeah, I called him the other week, told him that. I was like, that's always stuck with me. Well, I pulled a hat trick right in, right in time for my birthday, man. Indeed, indeed. And you pulled more than a hat trick in the last week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wait, five closings the last week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Four. Uh, I've had four. One coming up. One coming up next That's nice. week. That's nice, dude. You're killing it, bro. That's good. Yeah. This must mean this must mean a lot to you as well, right? Because. I know that when you first started, you know, you didn't have a lot of closings. You actually took out a loan when you started your career, didn't you? Just to kind of get you on your feet or to keep you, I guess, uh, a little bit of security and protection while you're building your business. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'll fill you in a little bit with that. I was at my old job and bust my butt, bust my butt for three years. It was a good paying job, but it got to the point where my family was growing and we knew we wanted a house. Yeah. And my job, beginning of that year, gave me a 1% raise. So the minute that happened, I was like, I can't do this. Yeah. I need to find something new. Um, so I jumped into real estate school, got all that. Um, I was planning on doing real estate along with my job, like so many agents that we yeah. know. Mm -hmm. I was planning on doing that. But my job was demanding at the time. Like, it's one that I was on call. If something broke down, I needed to be there to fix it, like, ASAP. So, as I started talking to people and realizing that that was going to be tough, it was going to be difficult, I, I went to the bank. I went to the bank to see if I could get a loan. I figured if I could get a cushion for that time, then I'd be able to quit my job. Well, it was a little nerve-wracking because I've had 
bad credit all my life. But the past five years before that, I worked at it, built my credit back. And so it was the first time I even tried something crazy like that. Went, did the application, and to my surprise, they're like, you're a proof of 15,000. <laughs> I was like, what? No way. Whoa. Got off the phone with them, ran upstairs to my boss's office. I was like, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> this is, he's like, I, I, he's like, can you give us two weeks? They, um, what's it called? They had to do shutdown. Shutdown yeah. is where they do maintenance, stuff like that. Like, oh, can you wait till shutdown so we can fix all the stuff with you? Yeah. It's like, nope, nope. I'm out. Yeah, I'm not time. even getting you two weeks. This is my last week and I'm done. Yeah. So I got that. So how long were you there? So hold, let's rewind a little bit, right? So before yeah. you started in real estate, you were at this job. But was that, I mean, because I'm sure we crossed paths somewhere in the past, too, because you can you and I kind of grew up around the same area, right, in West Valley. Yeah. Uh, you went to Hunter High School, too, right? Yeah. yeah I was at Hunter for a year. Mm -hmm. um, but you're how old now? 36? 36. 36, 37. Yeah. So you're three years older than me. Um, probably 30, two grades. Yeah. Yeah, so you're probably in, in senior. You. Yeah, when, when, when I was a sophomore. Yeah. Um, but I swear we crossed paths uh, in the past and, and I check your Facebook and you have a lot of friends that I had growing up too around that area. Yeah. Um, but uh, was that your plan when you were in high school was to, to do that? I mean, what were, you, what were you doing? What was that job? Was it maintenance? Yeah. Maintenance. So was that your plan? I mean, what did you have planned when you were in school? <laughs> when I was in school, I had no plan. No yeah. plan. So going through school... I worked a lot in retail. I think the first plan I had was I was going to do something like a Foot Locker slash CD music store. Something kind of familiar to Uprock. If anybody knows what yeah, Uprock was yeah. back in the day, uh -huh. they sold records, they yeah, sold graffiti, clothes, da, 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 greedy, graffiti, all that. Yeah, I had that idea a long time ago. That didn't pan out. So my first, first like passion in life I would say was Audi. Like, Audi's always been something that stuck with me since I was a kid. So after that didn't work, I was trying to tell myself, how am I going to buy an Audi? How am I going to buy an Audi? And then the idea just dawned on me that, well, I can work on Audis. Whoops. <laughs> I threw my phone down. Yeah. I can work on Audis. So, and that was shortly after school. So I decided to find a school to learn how to work on Audi. It was down in Arizona, UTI, and that's what I did. I went down there for that. So So you're going to be a mechanic. Yeah. I didn't even know you did you know about that? I, had no I, idea. I knew you loved Audis, but I didn't know you loved them that much. So you're going to work with Audi. You're getting trained in the program for Audi to become a, an Audi certified mechanic. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Well, I went to school for it. It didn't pan out with straight Audi, but I did learn how to work on cars, how to be a mechanic. So I did that, graduated 07, went for working on cars. And I did that for a few years, but it's a cutthroat business, working on cars. It's like selling cars, right? Mm -hmm. In order for you to make money, you have to work. You have to be flagging hours mm -hmm. on cars. And if there's someone over there that's got 10 years experience versus me that's brand new, they're going to get the work mm -hmm. because they can get it done. And plus around that time, that's when the market crashed. That's when everything was happening. Yep. So it just turned into to a crappy deal. Um, so I shifted. I was able to find a – after a little bit, I was able to find a place in a manufacturing spot, manufacturing bags for this bag plant. And that's how I started getting into uh, – Production, yeah. production maintenance. Yeah, production. Oh, okay. So working on, like, machinery and stuff like yeah, that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Working on machinery, running machines, and that's where I started going that route. Yeah. But. Nine to fiver. Yeah. That's the route. Yeah, well, I think we all kind of got into that. Nine to fiver, after after school, after high school. I mean, yeah. I had some jobs like that when I was 16, 17, yeah. working in some warehouses. Yeah. Well, I don't think I was even supposed to. I think you're supposed to be 18 mm -hmm. where I was working. Yeah. And the guy gave me a job anyways. <laughs> I stayed there for like six months. Longest job, longest job I ever had, by the way, six months. Um, <laughs> right. And, and, <laughs> and I was similar. Like, yeah. I've had 
literally over 30 jobs. Wait, so it, you guys are making what? Bags? You said like handbags? Like, no, like paper bags. Oh, bags okay. that you that you send to companies and they fill them with their product, like mm. cement, sugar, okay. flour. Oh, okay. Things okay. like that. Rice. Yeah. Made rice bags, dog food <clears throat> bags, all those kind of bags. So, did that. Um, and it was worse than ninety five, right? It was often it was seven to seven, mm. six to six, six days a week. Seven days a week. It's like a slave labor, man. Yeah. 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 It, it gets to that point, you know. And the work culture is horrible. Horrible. It's it's often stressful. Um, you're being pressed to make these deadlines, whatever. And what's the reward for it? One percent. <laughs> you know what? I've had, I had jobs like that in the past. So you must have been there for a while then. I, I was there for a few years, but I, okay. I shifted. I, yeah. I went to the same just industry. Other, yeah, same, same industry. industry. Okay. I, I did that industry. I actually did that for 10 years, about 10 years. Damn. I did jobs like that in those warehouses where I, I worked alongside good people, yeah. hardworking people. Yeah. A lot, of them, a lot of them were immigrants, you know? Yeah. And I used to always yeah. think at the end of the day, and I love these guys. We'd hang out, we'd like play basketball during the, our breaks. Um, just, We'd bring boxing gloves to work and like <laughs> just did stupid shit, right? But you know, trying to like get a, get some sort of a stress relief because you're on that uh, on the line or you're, you're working. I worked at Hunter Douglas making blinds. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I was there. For my dad months. used to work there. Yeah, I actually love that yeah. job. I love the people there. Like I love my boss. Well, he was a really good mentor of mine too. The guy was yeah. a, he was a good dude. Um, but I did that, and in the back of my head, and this is gonna sound kind of fucked up, but, but I always thought like. Dude, you have a social security number. Like, what are you, what are you doing over here? <laughs> I'm just saying, because a lot of the people that worked there, they were on either fake socials and mm-hmm. didn't have one, and you know they're being, I Leaning think they're being taken advantage of too. It's kind of fucked up, you know. They're paying them like minimum wage. Yep. These guys are working way more than forty hours. They weren't giving them overtime, you know. They weren't paying them for overtime, and I'm like, dude, do I really want to be doing this like the rest of my life? Like, what am I doing here? You know, it's like I always went through my my head, um, and it's because I grew up in a family that has Hispanics, we have Hispanic family, you know. And uh, um, I have friends in school, Hispanic, and their parents did the same thing, support them, hardest workers I ever met in my life. But I was like, this is not for me. I have a social security number, you know what I mean? So that kind of put me in that that mindset of like, okay, if you're going to get a job and work in, in the workforce, you should probably get a job that's going to pay you a lot more than, you know, 575 or 515 or whatever the hell the minimum wage was at that time. Yeah. Because you can't live on that. I mean, how can you get a proof for a home? I mean, you did it 10 years. You were doing that same game. And. Could you imagine what you can qualify for right now and the salary you had? Yeah. And what's available for you guys? You'd be in like a condo or something. Right. Yeah. Right. There's no way we could do it. <clears throat> and I actually wanted that security because I had so many jobs. I wanted to get to that point where I did something good enough and steady enough that I had that security. I knew that I would be able to get to that. I thought I'd be able to get to that point that I could eventually afford a house, eventually take care of my family. And I could take care of my family, but I couldn't make it to the next step of being able to afford a house, especially now, right? If I was doing it now, there's no way. Yeah. And so that's where I did that for so long. And then realizing this isn't going to cut it. Like there's no way. And I didn't care what I did as long as I made money. Yeah. Like I, I need to provide for my family. Yeah. I need to be able to take care of them. Um, I knew someone that did real estate before. And in fact, my wife's cousin, she, he just got his license he was, and he let me know. He's like, Hey, I just did this. I was like, so I learned about it and it was kind of the same thing. It was the same thing that happened 20 years earlier when I wanted an Audi. Yeah. It's like, damn, I want now I need a house. How am I going to get a house? What am I going to do to get a house? And I was like, I could sell houses. <laughs> I can <laughs> yeah. sell houses. I, I can learn everything I need to about houses to figure out how I'm going to get one. Yeah. And you, I, I, I hear it all the time on radio, stuff like Breakfast Club, whatever. They're always talking about real estate. Mm-hmm. So I knew real estate was a way to make money. So yeah. I told Was that your phone? Yeah, that was my Oh, he's turned up. Put on silence. Oh, Come on, bro. What are you doing? Oh, my fault. My bad. My bad. Breaking <laughs> stuff. Breaking stuff. Um, yeah. And and once I decided, we went on a, on a cruise, and I told her, the day I get back from this cruise, I'm signing up for school. 
and I'm going to get my real estate license. Sure enough, the next day, boom, month and a half, I was done. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And then you finished, and then you started, and then we met you over there. Yeah. And then now you're here, and you're killing it. The funny thing it's is, yeah, we, we met through our cars pretty much. <clears throat> true. Yeah. True. Because we both drove an Audi. Yeah. And we still do. Yeah. Yeah. Me being a diehard Audi fan, I saw he had an S5, and of course, instant respect. It was like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. Love it. Yeah, you know? my boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Which so, is funny, but true, though. Yeah. And then, of course, the same person that said he has three closings in one day on his birthday. I was like, damn. So it always stuck with me. Um, yeah, so I, I got that loan. I started. But, of course, having that time constraint, I knew I needed to make something happen within a certain amount of time. Yeah. So three months, half of what the time I had allowed myself. Three months, I wasn't making it. So after that, I decided to join a team because yeah. I was like, I need help. Yeah. But it was one of the best decisions. Right? Yeah. But, but let's go back a little bit yeah. because you, you talked about joining or not. You talked about getting a loan, helping you get some some financial cushion in order to pursue this entrepreneurial journey, right? Yes. So you didn't have mommy and daddy to go to to give you some money? What happened <laughs> with that? <laughs> I say that because there's a lot of people who have that ability, right? Right. And they right. either don't take the opportunity and get the support that they need from the parents, right? Right. And it can be anything. It can be financial. It could be, hey, let me stay at your house for the next year so I can build my business, right? Yeah. Um, I see a lot of people not taking advantage of that if, when they have the opportunity. It's so weird. Like, we meet people all the time who mm -hmm. are either getting into real estate or they're already doing real estate. They're not really doing too well. And so they'll come to us and they'll they'll say, hey, you, know, you guys look like you're doing good. And can I join your team? And, you know, Alan and I, we have interesting interviews with these people. We probably ask them questions they're not really expecting, <clears throat> you know? Of course, we know their numbers, we know their production, we know how qualified they are as a real estate agent. Um, but Alan and I look at more like how qualified are you as an entrepreneur? Right. You know, like, do you have that mentality where shit gets tough? Are you going to be able to have the grit to make it through? Right. And a lot of people don't have that because, and then that's why they want to join a team is because they're looking for that support, you know. And I think they think that deals are just going to fall in their lap. They don't. You have to work for them. Yeah, you know yeah. it better than anybody. Like you have to work. You got to work your ass off, man. Yeah. And yeah. so when we hire people, when we look at people, we interview them. We ask them stuff like that. Hey, what's your home life like? Uh, if you have kids, do you have somebody who can watch your kids during the next three to four months, six months, however long it's going to take for you to start producing and closing deals? Mm. Uh, do you have a significant other who's going to support you, right? Not just financially, because you're going to be working for free for a while, but support you in the fact that when you come home, they're, they're not going to give you shit. They're not going to stress or pressure you to, to take off work. Right. That's uh, a big thing. Yeah. Right. And, and, yeah. and, and, and I'll let you go into it, but, but I'm trying to get to a point here. And the, and the point is that you didn't have a lot of that support. Right. Like you had the wife, obviously. Yeah. So I, again, thank God for your wife. <laughs> like Alan, and I was like, man, I don't know how she puts up with this damn guy. <laughs> Brady, Brady, thank you. I love you. Yeah. No, seriously. Yeah. Hey, we love you Brady, for, for putting up with this damn guy. Um, yes. but, but you know, I, I talk about that cause that's a part of being an entrepreneur that not a lot of people hit on. It's like, what kind of support do you need besides financial, you know, to help you go through the 90, 180, however long it's going to take me to start producing, especially as a real estate agent, it could take you We've met guys who've been an agent for a year and haven't mm -hmm. produced, right? Yeah. And it's always yeah. it's always the what kind of support do you have right now that's going to help you get be able to be here full time? Because we, we need agents who are full time. We know what it's like when they're not and they don't they don't produce, right? Right. So <clears throat> I'm happy that you took the the route of quitting your job, right? And I'm happy you were able to get that loan and you yeah. didn't have family to go and lean on to, to to give you that money. So talk to me about that because you took the step. And you didn't have all that financial support. Right. So what was it like growing up? Were you surrounded by people that had money? Were you not surrounded by people that had money? I and mean, what the hell was your childhood like? Um, so my childhood was was pretty wild. Um, definitely did not grow up in money, right? Um, yeah. Grew up first half of my childhood with single mom, three kids, um, barely able to make it. Yeah. In fact, to the point that ended up going to foster care because Ooh. she couldn't make it. It was too tough. Yeah. So the second half of my childhood, I grew up in foster homes. Um, 
half good, half bad. I was in eight homes. Um, what age were you when that happened? I was nine. I was nine, nine when it happened. Yeah, nine yeah. when I first moved or went to foster care. And so some of them were very good. Some of them were difficult. Um, some of them, even when I was old enough, right, I basically had to learn how to work to get the things I wanted yeah. because I couldn't get it from my foster homes. Like if yeah. I wanted nice clothes, if I wanted Jordans, if I wanted whatever, I was mowing lawns. I was shoveling the snow. I was doing, you know, at like 12 years old, you know, busting my butt Hell trying yeah. to. And that, that natural born entrepreneur. Hey, you know what we used to do? Hey, at that, that age, bro, we would knock on doors and offer the sweet porches. We didn't have snow in Vegas, right? Right, right. So, so in Vegas, and we lived in a big apartment project. It was like 10 buildings, maybe like a thousand units, right? Yeah. And we all just, my, my brother, my cousin, myself, we just take one building each and be like, hey, 50 cents, we'll sweep your porch. Yeah. You know, whatever it took to, to, to make money. You know what I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah, you should be sorry. <laughs> uh, but no, dude, that, that's that's good you did that. And I swear, people that I meet that that can look at the brighter side of that situation is like, they're so grateful that they went through that. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people our age, your age, you know what I mean? Like they might've went through that and they, and we talked about it early before the podcast. You said, I don't like talking about my, my childhood cause I don't want some fucking pity party. Right. Right. Or right. sympathy, but you shouldn't look at it like that. You should be like, damn, I'm proud. I made it through that shit. Well, because I it, a lot it, from that. Yeah, it made you who you are at the end of the day. Like it, you have to go through that shit sometime. Yeah. You know, you have to go through a bunch of shit in your life and that way you can, you know, get past that and become who you need to be at the end of the day. Um, but no, going back to what, what you mentioned too, is too many people come, they're a good salesman, but not a lot of them are true entrepreneur. Oh, you talked about and that. I wanted to touch up on that. Like mm. that's a perfect example at a young age. You're like, Hey, I'm nine, I'm 10 and I want some clothes. I want, I want some, some new shoes. I, I got to go work for it. You know, we all had to do the exact same thing. Yeah. And that's why we're all here together. We're all you know, at heart, true entrepreneurs. We're not just selling you any, you know, a product or anything. We are the, we're, you know, it's more than that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's so true. Like, it's funny you brought that up, bro, because the whole salesman thing, like, we talk about it all the time. Well, we, we've met so many. We get so many salespeople who come to us, right? They and they're put on like, the show, like, <laughs> yeah. It's like, do you know what it's like to be a salesman and not get paid, right? Because these salespeople that come to <laughs> us, they have no jobs. safety and security. Yeah, they can't yeah. do Too it. many of them, they want their safety and security and they want to play like an entrepreneur, they want to play like a real estate agent. Yeah. No, it doesn't work like that. You can't do it. You got to be committed. You got to have, yeah, yeah, be committed. You got to have that grit. And that's what you learned, I'm sure. Yeah. Through that shit storm you went through. Yeah. So how long did you go through that uh, foster care? Um, All the way up until I was 19. Um, And then I I had my first jobs when I was like 15, right? I had, I worked at Foot Locker. Orange Julius and Expedex. <laughs> yeah, Expedex, some paper company, right? Yeah. All when I was 15. So by the time I got to that point, I already had several jobs. And I think when I left the foster home, I was selling vacuums. And I Door to door? Yeah. Like the, the Kirby ones? Yeah. <laughs> no shit. Yeah. Did you sell any? I did. Oh, I did. those are like $2,000 vacuums. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I'll be honest, because I've had the slew of jobs. I sold phones. I've sold vacuums. Da, da, da. And... I'll actually admit I'm not the greatest salesperson, Mm -hmm. but what I am good at is being authentic, being truthful, like, and having a will to help people, right? That's what I want to do. I didn't do good at vacuums because I wanted to really help people. I didn't just want to sell them on something. Mm -hmm. I want to help them. So, yeah, I, I went through that until I was 19. I went and did that. And then shortly after that, that's when I decided to go to school because Vacuums got hard to sell. Um, selling phones was difficult for me. And my whole vision, my whole vision was my passion. I wanted an Audi. So, and then that's around that time, that was 2003. I was like, you know what? I'm going to go to school. And then I went to school. Yeah. What school? High school? No. This, so this was, was after, right after high school. 2003 yeah, was uh, when you graduated, right? 2005, actually, okay. when I when I went to. So I was almost 21. I think I turned 21, then went. Um, UTI in yeah, Phoenix. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's where I got my mechanic skills. That's where I got yeah. my mechanic background. You know, he's, he's, he's good. So I didn't know that you were that hands-on. Yeah. Whenever we're doing stuff here at the office, you know, running the drills, building stuff, right? Putting the TV up. 
Yeah. Yeah. He's like right there. <laughs> like like a maintenance guy. It's yeah. the maintenance guy comes out. And Kelly be like, and I, you know how I am, I do that shit yeah. all the time. But he's like, like right behind me with the drill. Hey, you he got, got it. What do you got? <laughs> do it. I'm like, hey, I got it, bro. Just let me do my thing. Leave me alone. <laughs> let me do it. <laughs> That's true. That's true. And, and then you have me in the background going, I have no idea what, what to do. <laughs> no, but right. it's funny because it's like one right. of those it's one of those situations where you have like you know, two guys, like it's like the father and son, where it's yeah. like both of them want to get, it's like the, they want to open a pickle jar. It's yeah. like, who's going to get the pickle, who's yeah. going to get the pickle <laughs> jar open? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, bro, leave me alone. Let me take <laughs> I needed your help anyways. And he helped me put the TV up. But It's but, funny. Even when I first came to this office, what, the first week, uh -huh. right? That door was broken downstairs. I was like, uh -huh. you know, drill? Let me, oh, yeah, let me I remember that. I'll go. <laughs> let, let, I'll fix this door real quick. Don't worry about that. I got that. Yeah. No, that's good because you could probably walk into a house with a client and, and identify issues and know how to fix them and let them know. You know what I mean? I do. I yeah. actually do do that, um, especially working with inspectors and knowing what they're looking for now. Um, I did that with my last client, my last couple of clients. Um, this market, you need to be committed but the only way I want them to commit is if they feel comfortable with their purchase. So just like with my last client, walked through the condo, he was a little uncertain. I gave him options of how to win the bid. So but I told him, I was like, before we do that, I wanna yeah. make sure this property is good for you. I walked, I walked the property, make sure all the mechanics were good. There, there wasn't anything crazy that I thought would show up on, on an inspection. Yeah. Once I felt comfortable with it, I I told him, I was like, this is good. Yeah. This is what we need to do to win. He did it. We won it. You got it. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's it's challenging right now. You have to have that grit right now as an agent. Yeah. Right? You do. Well, then um, on top of the grit, too, it comes down to us as the agent to educate our client as well. Because yeah. if they really, really want that home and – nowadays a lot of people are not accepting you know any offers unless you have earnest money going hard right at acceptance yeah um or if you have any skin in the game or short deadlines whatever it might be um because we have a lot of competition yeah so it comes down to us as the agent to educate our client and actually take the time to walk through the property and inspect it while we're there that way they have that peace of mind to know okay kelly i trust you let's do whatever we whatever it takes to get the home even if we got to put a uh, 10 grand on the line earnest money at acceptance just to get it right you know but your average person won't do that unless they feel comfortable with the property right so yeah, you're right that that does make a lot of sense you know what i mean like yeah. giving your clients some peace of mind when it comes to making the offer if they're putting money up that's hard they're gonna want to be with an agent that at least knows how the home the condition of the home is you know what i mean right like if they're gonna put five thousand ten thousand on the line they gotta know at least hey this home is mechanically sound you know that they're not just gonna to throw it. them to the wolves yeah. and be like oh this is what you need to do Good luck. Yeah, yeah. You bring your drill with you when you walk to the house? I do, actually. <laughs> drill the hard Magnifying hat. glass, tape measure. Um, you got to have a tape measure. You do actually. I feel you like you really have, have to. Oh, it's funny. No, that, that's good, but but so you finished real estate school. So you went through the shit storm, right, your childhood. You didn't yeah. have all the support growing up, right? Yeah. But you found support, it sounds like, from mentors and other people. You did mention you joined a team, and we met Paul. Paul's a really good guy, and that was a team yeah. that you went on over at C21. Yeah. Yeah. So, so explain to us that mentality because when you started, were you alone for a while? Were you a solo agent before you jumped on a team? Yes. Yes. Or you were. How long were you doing that for? So, I took out the loan for fifteen thousand. That allotted me six months to be able to jump in and at least make a deal or two. Oh, stop <laughs> looking at the camera. <laughs> I keep seeing him look at the camera. Yeah, like, bro, fault. you're talking fault. to me. And now. My fault. My fault. <laughs> so. The 15000 allotted me six months to be able to, in between then, at least make a deal or two to get my business going. Yeah. So I had that deadline. I gave myself at least three months to know that I was going to make something happen. Yeah. I did everything in that first three months, right? Door knocking, um, cold calling, prospecting. Um, trying to, you know, figure out marketing stuff on my own, which is difficult because you don't know what you don't know. You were, you were yep. a maintenance guy. Yeah, I was a yeah. maintenance guy. Yeah, I wasn't in sales. I was a maintenance guy. So I, I didn't know anything about marketing. I didn't know anything about marketing. I didn't just try to follow the crowd, follow the crowd. And being at C21, it's a pretty big crowd. Mm -hmm. So, but just try to follow them. 
but I didn't feel like it was working. I didn't feel like I was getting the return on my prospecting. Yeah, it probably would have happened, but it wasn't happening fast enough for me, yeah. especially my 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 allotted timeline. So I needed the extra assistance, the extra push um, to know that I was going to make something happen in order for me to keep going, yeah. in order for me to survive, in order for me to survive, for my family to make it. I needed that extra oomph. Yeah. So, yeah. so three months, three months into that, um, I'd spoken with Paul before and I told him, I got this time, like three months. Let me do it my own three months. If I don't, I'll come talk to you. Um, didn't make it. So went and talked to him. Sure enough, like two months later, I had a deal under contract. There you go. And then, and then they finally started rolling. Um, good part of that is knowing how to structure the deal knowing general stuff like paperwork right you, yeah. you don't know the whole bit with paperwork until you actually get into a deal so once i finally got into a deal started learning how to do the paperwork you get comfortable with that then i can focus on my um marketing aspect mm-hmm. my my prospecting aspect actually know what i'm talking about right yeah so that's where Paul's team helped me with that. Yeah. But I needed more. Once I once I got that stuff down, I really needed to I wanted to level up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, that's why I came over here. Yeah, you, you hit a balance. That interview was really funny. Remember oh, that yeah. interview? I remember that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. What, what happened in that interview? What happened? And you guys punked me. What, what, happened, what happened in that interview? You punked me. It was back in what? August? Was yeah, it August? it was August. August, September? Yeah, August of Last year, August 2020, and especially everything with COVID and all that, right? Yeah. It's like had a rough little patch. But, yeah, I remember the interview. It's like, yeah, I'm on the team. I'm on a team of, like, three of us. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm on a team of three of us, um, but I want to do more. And then, of course, you started asking me your questions, like, how's your family life? How's, you know, how's this and that? Like, family's good, but... I need to provide. I need to get. I need to get this for him. And they're like, "Okay, we need an answer right now. Mm-hmm. Like, are you gonna do this or not?" Like, I was like, yep. "I was like, let me think about. It. Like, everything sounds really good. I'm gonna do it." But and Alan honestly, stands up. We, we get up. We're like, "All right, we're out." He's not our guy. He's, he's not, not our guy. guy. Yeah, you <laughs> punked me. You totally punked me. I I was gonna do it, but you guys forced me to get the answer. Boom, and I did it. I did it because I'm serious. I'm serious about my business and just everything seemed. And plus we all vibed, you yeah. know, we all come from the same background. So instant, instant vibe, instant yep. vibe. Right. And so I was like, do it again, yep. uh, again, another risk, another high risk, you know, high reward. It's and like, I don't like, I knew you guys, but I didn't know you guys. Yeah. Well, so, we, we had an Audi. Yeah. We had, we had Audis. We had Audis. We had Audis. <laughs> I knew that. But you know, just from that half-hour conversation, it's like, do I take another leap of yeah. faith? Let's do it. Yeah. Let's get it. Yeah. Like, let's get this money. Yep. You know, let's help these people. Let's get these homes sold. Yep. So. Yeah, and it was shortly after that you started cranking out deals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, yeah. Cranking out deals, and uh, like what a month if that. Yeah, mo- barely. Wasn't a even month. a month. Yeah. 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 No. It was the second weekend, I had had a had a lead. Had a lead, took him out. Yeah, Dustin Trevor, Dustin Trevor. Um, yeah, I had one under contract within within a month. Yeah, yeah. After that, it's been it's been just just uphill. coming in. Yeah, yeah. I mean this this last week week and a half, you've done almost five deals. Like yeah, I mean that's almost six. four deals, six. six. Yeah, six. <laughs> I, yeah. I got six under contract. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's picking up. So what would you say to those agents who are thinking about joining a team? Number one, what did you look for besides just the Audi? I mean, what what caught your eye? Because we weren't at C21 anymore. We were here at Realty One. Um, <coughs> I know social media is, we're all over social media. I don't know if that was, uh, you know, anything that helped you. but I That mean, did. Okay. That did help me. Yeah, so, so talk about that. I mean, there's a lot of agents who come to us and they're thinking about joining. And, I mean, what did, what did you look for? What were you looking for? So, of course, being in the business, you – get all this mentorship from everyone, right? Yeah. Um, there's a lot of coaching, a lot of all that. Of course, one thing that people talk about is you want to surround yourself with p- 
people you want you want to be like that you want to be associated with. So I saw you guys on social media. I I saw the stuff you guys were doing, and I knew I wanted to level up. One thing that always sticks with me, he had an S5, and I knew that. Mm -hmm. And then I saw you guys on social media, and it's like, I want an S5. Like, I want this. How do I? Again, again, it's the same thing, right? It's like, I want this. I want that. How am I going to get it? Oh, go join them. Go do what they're doing, Mm -hmm. and you'll get it, right? Yeah. Same thing. So, saw you guys on social media, crushing it. And I was like, I want that. I want to crush it, too. Yeah. I need to crush it. Like, I need to do this yeah. for my family. So, I hit you guys up. I hit Alan up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, yo, I've been seeing you guys. I Like, I need to level up. Yeah. Like, are you guys accepting people on your team? Yeah. That's when we did the interview. And so, the, you, didn't, you didn't look at other teams? No, no. So, I don't know if you look at this as a flaw or, like, impulse, right? I generally I work on impulse. Yeah. I, if I see something good, I go for it. Yep. I, I'm the kind of person that's willing to take the risk, no matter what. I'm the exact same way. <laughs> I, I go with my gut. Yeah. No, no question about it, and I go for it. Right. I mean, of course, I have my wife that, you know, sometimes that, that check in power. Yeah. But sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. He says. Sometimes. <laughs> sometimes, right? But if if I think it's good enough and I I trust in my gut, I go for it. Yeah. It's it's probably why Alan threw that at you, like, oh, make the decision now. You know yeah. what I mean? During the interview. Well we we, we want we want people who that, that are committed. Because I know UVO is all about leveling up. You know, we all we all want to take it to the next level and we want everybody on the team to get to that next level. And um, we want to make sure if you are committed, we're committed. If, yeah. you're, if you're not committed, I don't want to commit to anybody. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like if you're 100% on board, we're 100% on board. And at that point, we all were. Cheers to that. And what, six months later now, you're killing it. Yeah. 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 You, have, you, have, you have a lot going on. You have deals under your belt. You're closing. You're making money. You're having a good time. You have uh, your house on the way being built. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you just paid off that, that debt. That loan that you took in oh, order yeah. to, yeah. it's a big deal, man. All within <laughs> yeah. what, a six-month time frame. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. yeah, that that loan that I took out, it was a five-year loan, so I had time. But the minute I got that loan, I was like, as soon as I am I can pay it off, I'm going to pay it off. I don't want any more debt. I don't need any more distractions with money, right? Okay. Like That was one of them. And sure enough, just a couple days ago, I, I hit – that mile, milestone of paying off that debt, which means I've I've made it. I yeah. made it this far. Yeah, I was able to give her that and move on to the next. Yeah, you the guys, you guys are family. building a house right now too. Yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah. Like there's there's a, there's a lot that's going on. So here's why I love real estate. Okay, hmm. and obviously this is why I love being an entrepreneur. Okay, when and and again I have a lot of family here in the workforce. Right, they work the nine to five, which is awesome. Right, I mean I love. For, if they're happy, then that's then I'm happy for them, okay? Yeah. But I noticed that, you know, in school, we go through school and, and we learn a little bit about finance, not a whole lot, okay? They, enough to set you up to the point where, hey, get something that stable stable income, help you get a house, you know, help you uh, get a nice car, take care of your family, buy some food, clothes, all the good stuff, right? If you want to go through corporate America and climb the ladder, fine. But, you know, they put you in a position where that is kind of like the option for you. Right. Yeah. And then and then you get there and you rack up this debt. You pull loans, signature loans for some people. Right. Especially when you need to take a take a chance or something happens, you got to pull a signature loan. But they don't tell you how to get out of debt. It's like, okay, I can have this job and I can make this payment. But yours was a five year loan. If you worked a nine to five, it probably would have taken you five years. It would have taken five years. Yeah, taking five years to pay that thing off. So it's like bucks a month. I love the real estate. The, 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 that part of real estate is that it's like if you work your ass off and you are committed and you take that chance of quitting your job and dedicating your time, and again you have the support from your family, your significant other, like you're able to pay off debt pretty quick. Yeah, I mean, really fast, right? And so, in any other other position or career, it probably would have taken you a longer time than just you know one year to get that out of the way. And you guys are building a house and you're closing more deals than you ever closed before. 
right? And it's only yeah. been one year. Like, dude, imagine five years from now. Yeah. I'm well, telling thing, you. The thing about real estate is high risk and high reward. Yeah. And you risk at all. Yeah. Even though in the beginning you wanted that safety and that security, like everybody else out there. But yeah, you got to risk it all. If, if you know. I mean, and l- Unless you're a doctor, unless you're, <laughs> if you need a, a trade a for school, you got to go. You, you know what I mean? Like skilled trades, obviously, go and 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 get educated on that stuff. Yeah, but you, you you can look at what's going on right now, especially with COVID. Like, you know, Daniel and I are putting together a video for one of my YouTube channels. Right, I have a ton of subscribers on this YouTube channel. I haven't posted there for a while, and we're gonna make a video explaining why I haven't posted. Try, try to get some more of the followers back. Right. Yeah. Uh, more of that engagement back. But we're, we're putting together a video on the YouTube channel, and it's pretty much, it has like a bunch of news clips and stuff from when COVID happened, when COVID kicked off. And the whole point of the video is to kind of show people like, hey, you know, yeah, I've been absent from posting property tours, but this is what I've been doing, right? And it's been during COVID, right? So the, the whole point is, is to show people like, dude, if you listen to the news and listen to the media, it's all like Armageddon, right? It's like, there's... Two million jobs in the next week that are you know gone and businesses are closing left and right. You know unemployment's never been so high and it's it's like okay if you put all of your eggs in that basket and you're depending on this boss or this job to pay you and give you that safety and security support your family. Yeah. Like when shit like this happens, it's not safety and security. Right. Right. It's not. And so when you get on the other side of the coin and you really take your your destiny, if you want to call it, you know, and take it in your hands. And, and control where you're going in life, you realize that's like the ultimate form of safety, safety and security. Yeah. It really is. Like the whole giving a job safe security, that's a fucking smoke and mirrors. Yeah. Right? A lot of, a lot of, <laughs> I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad that you said that. Mm-hmm. Too many people depend on other people for that safety and security when in all reality it's the other way around. You only depend on you. I can only depend on me. Am I going to wake up on time to go to work? Am I going to put in that work? Am I going to close that deal? Am I going to stay consistent? Too many people go, yeah. Safety and security, nine to five. Next thing you know, COVID or whatever happens. Um, hey, wiped out. Kelly, um, we don't need you anymore. You're like, oh shit, what, what, what now? Yeah, your job would have been been gone. The maintenance guy, that building would have got shut down. Production would have been <laughs> yep. done. Couldn't go in. Remember that? The, the, it was yeah. shut down for a while. Like it started March sixth here in Utah, and the lockdown I think happened right after that. Yeah. And and um and we were looking at the dates. Happened right after that. And then they, they started the forbearance thing. And so you have all these investors who are having these rental properties. They can't pay their, their rent because they can't remove the tenants who are not willing to pay their rent because their jobs that was giving them safety and security cannot pay them anymore because it shut down. Like it fucked everything up. Right. And so it's like, you really cannot depend on anybody but yourself. You have to get that out of your mind. And when people say safety and security, mm-hmm. we had a conversation with one of our agents mm-hmm. and, and she mentioned something like that. And, and, and it made me think, like, dude, mindset is so fucking important when it comes to being an entrepreneur. And that's one of the things you have to get rid of. you got to remove that that piece of your brain that's telling you, oh, my God, whatever you do, just make sure there's safety and security there. Like, yeah. no, you have to remove that. Like, you can find that anywhere, right? As, as long as you're the one that's controlling your destiny, if you want to call it that, right? And so, again, you took the step. You took the initiative. You quit your job. You took out the loan, Right. And in, in, in I've been self-employed 15 years. The bank would never give me a loan. <laughs> right? If I was going to take another risk, right. they'd be like, dude, you're taking 10 in the last, like, six months. There's no way in hell we're going to risk our money with you. So that was yeah. cool that it put you in a position where you're able to actually pull money from the bank and help you support your, your journey and your dream. Like, that's awesome. And it's cool that you paid it back. Yeah. Right? It's, it's all about cool. getting out of your comfort zone, right? Yeah. A lot of people get too comfortable in that safety and security and the as we learn from all the coaching and everything that we've gone through it's you have to get out of your comfort zone in order to to push to excel to because if you stay comfortable then there's no push no push it's the only way to grow yeah people don't realize that you have to go you have to get uncomfortable to get comfortable Yes. Right. Or however that goes. Yeah. Somewhere around there. Come on now. It's it's it's, it's, you gotta get you gotta be comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah. There you go. There yeah, you go. Yeah, there you, you go. Have to, you have to be there, and and it really is like that in the, the careers that we've chosen. I mean, because like you really don't know when your next paycheck's gonna be. <laughs> you talk about getting up, like you know, you get up in the morning. You really do have to hustle every minute of the day in order to make sure that there's some money coming next month, or you know, two months from now, or three months from now, or however far along you're working. 
Um, but that's why I love the team environment because it really does help support a solid foundation, mm. you know, when it comes to those months that yeah, if I was just working my SOI or working the people that I know, friends and family, you know, that dries up sometimes and maybe three months out of the year you have nothing going on. You know, when you're on a team like ours, we're providing so much support and leads and, and, and helping you with deals and, and it, helping you with accountability, you know, making sure that you're still waking up every day and coming to work. Like, yeah. like that kind of support goes a long way, especially when you're trying to build well three, four, five, six months down the road. You know, it's, it's really important. So I, yeah. and I, we are happy that you came over. Like, you know, Al and I had the conversation before the interview. This usually happens, this conversation happens usually after the first interview where we give them time to make a decision, right? This one, we're like, no, let's not give them any time. Like, we even had the conversation. We're like, he choose now or just get the fuck out of here, right? And, mm-hmm. and the conversation was good. It was like, we know he's one of us. Like, we knew that over there. Yeah, we, like, we all clicked. Yeah. Yeah. We knew that over there. And you're a minority. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we got a lot of minorities right. on our team. It's true. Yeah, I'm just being honest. You know what I mean? We love everybody. But, but, but you know, that's something that I feel like is uh, 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 the diversity is something I really pride ourselves in having. You know, yeah. you look at the team and you look at other teams and it's just like, well, these guys have a really diverse team. You know, they can, they can really work with anybody. You know, and I'm not saying the other ones cannot. I'm just saying when it comes to relating other than real estate, you know, you want to feel comfortable with the agent that you're with. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's the truth. I mean, we're all humans here. Let's, let's be honest. You want to be comfortable with the agent that you're with. And if you're not comfortable with this dude, maybe they're a square bear. Maybe they don't relate to you. You know, <laughs> I'm just being honest. You yeah. Know? Uh, it's just, you know, I love the demographic that we've, that we have. And I love the audience that we have. And I love the team that we have. Because we're so diverse, and you know, we all grew up in West Valley for the all three of us. Valley. You too. Yeah, yeah. yeah you grew, well, Salt Lake, Valley and then West Valley after. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's like uh, we know what it's like to communicate with our people. Yeah. <laughs> Just be- this, this is all the people that have rode the bus at least five times, right? We rode the yeah. bus, you know, had uh-huh. to had to make it somewhere. Well, we all grew up in a way, you know, in the if you want to say ghetto, if you want to say <laughs> like we all kind of did when you think about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I feel, but it made you who you are. Made you are. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Well, what's going on right now, man? You, you got you got more deals. This isn't the end of it, right? You got closings. Tell me you got deals right now going on. You got to have plenty. Well, his, yeah. phone, his phone is going off like every five minutes right, there. Yeah. That was a closing that I'm waiting to fund and record on. So I got that happening. And um, I just picked up a new client that I fought for. I had to fight for it. It's one of the first times that I felt comfortable enough. And I had the help of Alan. Lambo, you know, it helped. Show, yeah, yeah, you the know, Lambo help. Give a little. Yeah, I wonder who to, gave you that idea. <laughs> <laughs> the the collab collaboration came together. Yeah, hey, I knew that was gonna work as soon as he told me that. What the, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, let's let's be honest. Like that's a big uh, yeah. statement when so it now comes he's to success. Coming with me on on all my listing appointments and like show up in the Lambo. Everything. It's, an, it's an easy sell. <laughs> it's an easy exactly. sell. Exactly. Why not? Because, no, yeah. because right. it shows that you know exactly what the hell you're doing. Yeah. You know, like if you sh- pull up in a little beater or whatever it might be, which is totally cool, the odds are the client or the seller or the buyer, whoever, they're going to judge you right away in the, in the beginning based upon how you're dressed, based upon what, what you're driving, based upon how you talk, etc. First impressions <clears throat> are everything. Mm-hmm. First impressions are everything. And I've experienced that, right? I've experienced that. Throughout this whole time, like you guys have helped me step step up my my appearance game quite a bit, and stuff that I was going through before didn't didn't feel anywhere near as confident as comfortable talking to clients now. And now I got that deal. I got three other buyers. I got so much business going on. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, and it's really competitive too, so it's pretty cool that you you got so much business going on. Yeah. You know what I mean, I've been lucky that I've had clients that are committed to the process. I, I give I give my clients that for sure because without them being committed, you know, or with them being committed, it makes my job easier. It makes my job easier to go out and fight for them. Yeah. To get But, but get you know what? Don't give them all the credit. You can deserve mm-hmm. a lot of that credit because I've heard the way he you know, prospects and speaks to clients. Mm-hmm. Kelly educates his people on, on the market, not just, oh, it's tough out there, guys. Make sure you have a ton of money ready to put down. Like, no, like you really meet with them and you educate them and let them know, like, hey, if you're not serious right now, it's not the good time. 
like a good time. You got to be very serious and you got to know that you're going to put in some skin in the game, right? Yeah. And we're going to come in hard. None of these stupid ass low ball offers. Right. right? And, and, and I've heard you do that. And you talked about it in one of our classes, you know, where Kelly was sharing, hey, this is why I'm able to get so many deals right now during this market is because I educate my clients on what's going on yeah. and what I have to look at and what the sellers are going to, you know, be looking at. So give yourself credit for that, man, because that's actually mm -hmm. something not a lot of people do. Yeah. You know, they just go, oh, my gosh, I got a buyer. Um, yeah, I'll go anywhere you want to go. We'll go look at every, every property that you want to see, you know, and they, they kind of build them up thinking that it's going to be easy. And then they write 20, 30 offers and nothing gets accepted. They don't even get responses. And then the agent's like, oh, my God, it's so tough out there. It's like, no, <laughs> you didn't do your job and you didn't educate your buyer. Right. right? Like it comes to all that. Right. You have to educate them it, in order for them to feel comfortable in any kind of commitment. They have to be educated. They have to know what, what's going on out there in order for them to make an informed decision <clears throat> along with that and being able to talk to the other agents, you know, having good relationships. It, all that, you know, plays a part. You have to have a good relationship with the agents. You have to good, have a good relationship with your client. They have to trust you, and you gain that trust by letting them know what's happening, mm -hmm. letting them know how the process is going to happen. And that does take some experience. It takes some experience. Uh, it, it took me some experience. Skills. Yeah. But you have to have eyes open. You have mm -hmm. to have eyes open and you have to pay attention to, to what's going down. Yeah. I was lucky enough to be mentored by Alan when I first started real estate, you know, and, and again, I'm not prospecting right now, you know, until I'm not going through what you guys are going through right now. Um, but uh, when I was, and this was right there at the beginning of the pandemic, you know, and just mm -hmm. a little bit before that, you know, I started with Alan and when I was working with Alan, that was the main thing I saw he was doing that not a lot of other agents were doing is, you know, he wasn't just sending offers over, shooting a text to the agent like, hey, you're going to get an offer. Um, fingers crossed. You know, and I, I used to see this all the time. Yep. It was so funny. right? right. <laughs> I'm like, fingers crossed. Come on, man. Call the fucking agent. What are you doing? Yeah. And Alan's like over here. Hey, hey, talking and, and, and building that relationship with the agent on the other end and building that trust, yeah. you know, and I was just like, man, I love how he does it because he's so real. You know, it's not like this false or, or uh, fearful way of negotiating. It's like it's a real negotiating where you're talking to this person, being honest and open and letting them know, like, hey, we're both working towards the same goal right now. Mm -hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? And and that's why you've been so successful, I swear, is because his communication skills are like they're second to none. I mean, Alan's communica communication skills are on, on, on point. Yeah. You know, so I was able to witness that firsthand. And um, that boosted me up into a position where, you know, we're able to start this company together. Yeah. Um, and, and well, the thing is, like, it's amazing. Too many people do submit offers. Just you know, they put the offer in. Fingers crossed. They send a text out or an email. Hey, I just sent you an offer. Okay, you and twenty other people too. How are you going to stand out? Yeah, comes down to us as the agent to actually connecting with that that agent. We want that agent to look at us and go, "Hey, I want to work with that guy. I want to work with Kelly. Yeah. He's got his shit together. You know, he's sending me an offer. You know, we may need to tweak a few little things here or there, but we'll make it work. I want to work with you." And yeah. it's our role, our job to represent our client to the best of our, our, our ability. Right. And I feel like it's a disservice when people just put an offer in and just say, hey, I hope we get it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I've I've had that actually a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I got to give this guy an applause right now and I can't find the stupid button. Uh, <laughs> so I had to reach over there. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to hit the other one. <laughs> you got to love this thing, man. Dude, I, 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 I love, number one, this thing is awesome. I love this thing, right? We spilled coffee and water in the other one like 10 times and it broke. Um, <laughs> it was so funny. But uh, no, th th this thing is good. And you talked about marketing. You talked about advertising, right? Yeah. Like that's exactly, I feel like, what we're helping the agents understand, you know, yeah. not just the whole marketing when it comes to listing a home and getting the property and then putting the MLS and then just sitting back and letting offers roll in. I'm talking about marketing yourself. Yeah. Right. Branding yourself. And people are so amateur. Yeah. It's a fucking amateur hour right now in mm -hmm. real estate when it comes to branding. Branding, right? Not marketing, branding, right? Branding. People suck at branding. We interview agents who are producers they produce 20 30 deals a year uh -huh. and they come to us asking like man i feel lost i feel like 
we don't really, I don't really know what to do next with my career. And I always look at, okay, well, they're making money, right? Maybe the environment's not the best, but they're making money. And then I look at what's their branding like? Are they working on their brand? Because that requires time and effort. You yeah. know what I mean? And you get a lot of fulfillment from that because you're like, you're, 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 you're removing yourself from the pack, right? Yeah. If you look at marketing and branding nowadays when it comes to agents and, and brokerages, it's all the same. It's all so non-threatening. It's basic. It's basic, man. We looked at some stuff this week, and I'm like, dude, my son can build a better brand, you know, as far as the, the, the everything, font style, graphic design, all this. Like, what are these guys doing, man? Like, I know and understand it's easy right now, if, if, if you're, especially your listing agent, to make money. Like, you don't really have to brand yourself that much, right? You have your SOI. You've been doing business for a few years. Real estate's crazy right now. It's hot. You can make a lot of money doing that. But- People need to focus on their brand, right? People need to, and everything that we do that's kind of childish, like when it comes to this stuff, <laughs> like, like, right? Like little things like this. I'm telling you, it, it it's branding. Well, be, you know be I mean? different. Yeah. You're being different. You're not just going. You're not following the crowd, right? You know, you're not following the crowd. You're just doing what everybody else is doing. Create, create your own, right? Yeah. Stay in your lane, or or create your own. Yeah, yeah. And and we just hit a year. UVO just hit his birthday. You know, in January, really? yeah, yeah, in January, and yeah. and we've been here in this building. It'll be one year in four days. Yeah, we moved here what March seventh. There we go. I think it was. Yeah, and that's that's really when we started. Uh -huh. You know what I mean? So it's like we're about to hit our real official year with UVO having a home at a at a building. Right? We didn't have a home in the other one. We had to beg for a fucking shit box. We, we had a shit hole. A room. Yeah. Yeah. Room and so so I'm I'm happy that we're here. I'm happy that we're here, man, cuz we've been able to really flourish in this environment and you know, we've had brokerages try to approach us and recruit us, but they don't look at our branding. They don't look at our style. And they don't, they don't look at the podcast, and I'm sure if they did, they'd probably think twice about recruiting us. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I feel like I feel like we're lucky to have a home here because we're we're, we're always pushing the limit when it comes to, you know, uh, real estate promote, promoting and, and advertising. Um, but you know, little stuff like this, you know, little things like this thing and the podcast is is what I feel like. And again, brokerages and teams are pumping out branding and marketing to attract buyers and sellers. We are pumping out branding and marketing to attract agents. Yeah. You know, that's, yeah. that's what Alan and I do. Mm -hmm. You know, we're not calling leads. We're not, we're not, we're not doing that. We literally are sitting here building and developing a brand and, and, uh, we could never sign on with another brokerage. I don't feel like it would ever happen. The next step for us would be to open a brokerage, mm -hmm. you know, that'd be the next logical step. Yeah. Right? That makes sense. In, yeah. in your business ventures and everything, it's, you don't just sidestep. What's the next move up? Yep. The next yep. move up be a brokerage. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's the next step, and and I'm I'm hoping, and I'm pretty confident that all of our agents would would, would come over, you know, um, especially if they're trained and and ready to go and ready for the next step, which is either to start their own team or to become a solo independent agent because they built so, such a solid foundation with us. And, and that's I mean? uh, and that's our job is to get agents to that point where you feel confident, you know, after a year, two, three, however long it takes, you know. Um, to be able to go, okay, I figured this shit out. I want to start building my own. Yeah. And it's our job to market and promote you know, the agents as much as possible to get you guys to, to, that, to that next level. Yeah, dude. And, and look how, how possible it is. You yeah. look at Kelly, you know what I mean? And Kelly, and, and I know a lot about, you know, you know, your upbringing and stuff like that. You know, we're not, we don't have enough time to go on that on, on, on the, the podcast right now. But, I mean, <clears> dude, you've had an extremely challenging life, right? And yeah. I feel like everyone has their challenges, but Kelly's has been very challenging. Oh, it's been fucked up. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Kelly took off his shirt a minute ago. He was stripping right here in the office. <laughs> <laughs> he was changing. And, uh, you know, you got that, that like, 12-inch scar down the center of your chest, and you've had open-heart surgery, and you went, we, we can go on and on and on. And this is why I understand that you're like, fuck, I don't want some bullshit pity party. Yeah. But it's like, dude, you have every reason in the world to be like, you know what, fuck this. I'm going to take some easy job and just drink on the weekends with, 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 with my boys. You know, he doesn't do that, you know, yeah. so that's, that's a big deal. You know what I mean? It's, it's a big deal. So, so we're extremely blessed to have you on the team. You know, we're really grateful to have you here and to be able to watch you grow from, you know, hanging up TVs or being a maintenance guy <laughs> right. to, to crushing it. To and, now and crushing it. To man. crushing it and closing yeah. six deals in, in two weeks. It's yeah. A, it's a big deal, right? Yeah, it so, is. Oh, and then uh, we're doing the weight loss challenge thing. We got to, 
you owe me, I think it's like two or three hundred bucks oh, by now shit. from every week. Oh, that you oh shit. <laughs> oh shit. All that money. All them oh, all those closings. We're gonna take it out of his take it out of his commission split. <laughs> but dude, thanks for, for being on, man. You know, if you have anything else to add, you know, the mic is yours, you know, especially when it comes to people who are in your position. You know, if you you know maybe throw some words of wisdom out there for people who are thinking about joining real estate who maybe are stuck at a job that they fucking hate. And uh, they just don't know where to go, you know. Um, I actually was thinking about this. I was thinking about this. Um, two of the things is it's never too late to change. It's never too late to change. If you are unhappy with what you're doing, it's never too late. You're never too old to, to make a change. I mean, once you make that decision that you're too comfortable or you know, you, you're not comfortable in whatever it is, and you need a change, it's never too late. Um, and the second one is the, just the high risk, high reward, mm -hmm. you know. Along with wanting a change, the only way you're going to make that change is if you take a high risk. Leave, oh. drop, do something, you know. Wash your hands or whatever it is you're not happy with, change it. Yeah, that's the high risk, right? Take the risk, put in the work, and you'll get the reward. Yep. And reap the reward. And reap the reward. Exactly. That's where it's at. That's where it's at. For us too, your risk is uh, making the team some money. <laughs> right, right, right. right. <laughs> well, we're we're all growing. Yeah, yeah. Look, at the, uh, yeah. look at the investment paying off. That's yeah. awesome, bro. No, we love it. Dude, thanks again for being here. Uh, I look forward to seeing you close some more deals. Uh, we don't want to take you from your cell phone for too long because I know you're killing it right now. So I want to have you get back to work. Alan, yeah. dude, thanks for, for coming in today. Of course. Thank you. Um, and uh, thanks, everybody, for watching. Um, and we'll see you guys in the next one. Thanks for having me. Cool. I need to know everything. Who and the what and the where. I need everything. Trust me, I hear what you're saying, but I like it's new what you're telling me. I'm curious, George. I hop in the Porsche.